Welcome to Social Skills Coaching. I'm Russell, founder of Newton Media Group. Today, we're going to make you more likable, more charismatic, and more productive. Stick around. It's early Monday morning, May 23rd, 2022. The title of today's featured book from Patrick King, How to Read People Like a Book, tells you everything you need to know about the content of the book. But when you were a kid, did you ever have one of those wordless books? That sounds like the equivalent to me of reading body language. And the biggest key to reading body language is to have a baseline and understand what a person is like when they are normal. Let's learn some more today from Patrick King. Body language, for instance, may be just as powerful a language to learn to read and comprehend as facial expressions. After all, the face is simply a part of the body. Why focus on just one part when people's postures and general movements can speak just as eloquently? Ex-FBI agent Joe Navarro is generally considered an authority in this field and has used his experience to teach others about the wealth of information people share without ever opening their mouths, i.e., what he calls nonverbal communication. Originally from Cuba and having to learn English after moving to the U.S. when he was eight years old, Navarro quickly came to appreciate how the human body was a kind of billboard that advertised what a person was thinking. During his career, he spoke at length about learning to spot people's tells, those little movements that suggest that someone is uncomfortable, hostile, relaxed, or fearful. As with facial expressions, these tells may hint at deceit or lies, but primarily indicate that someone is uncomfortable or that there is a discrepancy between what's felt and what's expressed. Armed with an understanding of how body language works, we can not only open up new channels on which to communicate with others, but pay attention to our own bodies and the messages we may be unwittingly sending to others. Firstly, it's important to understand that nonverbal communication is inbuilt, biological, and the result of evolution. Our emotional responses to certain things are lightning fast, and they happen spontaneously, whether we want them to or not. Importantly, they express themselves physically in the way we hold and move our bodies in space, potentially resulting in the transmission of thousands of nonverbal messages. It's the more primitive, emotional, and perhaps honest part of the brain, the limbic brain, that's responsible for these automatic responses. While the prefrontal cortex, the more intellectual and abstract part, is a little removed from the body and more under conscious control, it's also the part that's capable of lying. But even though a person can say one thing, their bodies will always speak the truth. If you can tune into the gestures, movements, postures, patterns of touching, and even the clothing a person wears, you give yourself a more direct channel into what they really think and feel. Navarro claims that the majority of communication is nonverbal anyway, meaning you're actively missing out on the bulk of the message by not considering body language. Consider that communication started out nonverbally. In our earliest histories, before the development of language, humankind most likely communicated by gestures, 
simple sounds, and facial expressions. In fact, from the moment a baby is born, it instinctively makes faces to communicate that it's cold, hungry, or frightened. We never need to be taught how to read basic gestures or understand tones of voice. This is because nonverbal communication was our first communication and may still be our preferred form. Think of all the ways you already take nonverbal communication for granted. In the way you show love or demonstrate your anger, even if you aren't aware of it, we're still processing vast amounts of information on nonverbal channels. Learn how to read this information, and you can determine if someone is trying to deceive you or perhaps if someone is trying to conceal their feelings and true intentions from you. You've probably heard of the fight-or-flight response before, but there's a third possibility, freeze. What's more, these responses to danger may be quite subtle, but nevertheless they speak to discomfort and fear. Our ancestors might have shown fight-or-flight when running from predators or enemy tribes, but those instincts might have followed us into the boardroom or classroom. The limbic brain is, again, responsible for these fear responses. Someone who was asked a difficult question or put on the spot may look like a deer caught in headlights. They may lock their legs around a chair and stay fixed tight in that position. This is the freeze response. Another possibility is physically moving the body away from what is perceived as threatening. A person may put an object on their lap or position their limbs toward the exit, the flight response. Finally, a third person may fight. This aggressive response to fear can show itself in picking arguments, verbally sparring, or adopting threatening gestures. In fact, the more competent you become at reading nonverbal signals, the more you may come to appreciate how fundamentally physical they are and how much they speak to our shared evolutionary history. In the past, we might have literally fended off an attack with certain gestures or indeed set out to attack another with very obvious movements and expressions. These days, our world is very abstract and the things that threaten us are more verbal and conceptual. But the old machinery for expression, fear, aggression, curiosity, etc., is all still there, only perhaps expressed a little more subtly. Let's consider what are called pacifying behaviors. These can offer a key insight into someone who is feeling stressed, unsure, or threatened. Essentially, a pacifying behavior is what it sounds like, the unconscious attempt to self-soothe in the face of some perceived threat. When we feel stressed, our limbic brain may compel us to make little gestures designed to calm us, touching the forehead, rubbing the neck, fiddling with hair, or wringing the hands are all behaviors intended to soothe stress. The neck is a vulnerable area of the body, but one that is relatively exposed. Consider how aggressive people go for the jugular, and you understand how the throat and neck can be unconsciously felt to be an area open for fatal attack. It makes sense, then, that someone unconsciously covering or stroking this area is expressing their struggle, emotional discomfort, or insecurity. Men may use this gesture more often than women. Men may fidget with their ties or squeeze the top of the neck, while women may put the fingers to the suprasternal notch, the indent between the collarbones, 
or play nervously with a necklace. Pay attention to this behavior, and you'll notice how it reveals someone's fears and insecurities in real time. Someone might say something a little aggressive, and another person responds by leaning back slightly, crossing the arms, and putting one hand up to the throat. Notice this in real time, and you can infer that this particular statement has aroused some fear and uncertainty. Similarly, rubbing or touching the forehead or temples can signal emotional distress or overwhelm. A quick tap with the fingers may reveal a momentary feeling of stress, whereas a prolonged cradling of the head in both hands can spell extreme distress. In fact, you can consider any cradling, stroking, or rubbing movement as the physical clue of a person's need to self-pacify. This could mean touching cheeks when the person feels nervous or frightened, rubbing or licking the lips, massaging the earlobes, or running the fingers through the hair or beard. Pacifying behaviors are not just things like stroking or rubbing, though. Puffing out the cheeks and exhaling loudly is also a gesture that releases considerable stress. Have you ever noticed how many people do this after hearing bad news or narrowly escaping an accident? An unexpected stress-release response is yawning. Rather than indicating boredom, the body's sudden attempt to draw in more oxygen during stressful times is even seen in other animals. Leg cleansing is another, and it entails wiping down the legs as though to wash them or brush off dust. This can be missed if it's hidden under a table, but if you can notice it, it's a strong indication of an attempt to self-soothe during stressful moments. Ventilating is another behavior you may not pay much attention to. Notice someone pulling their shirt collar away from their neck or tossing the hair away from the shoulders as though to cool off. They're likely experiencing discomfort or tension. Though this might be literally because of an uncomfortable environment, it's more likely a response to inner tension and stress that needs cooling off. One of the most obvious forms of pacifying behavior looks exactly like what a mother might do to a young child to soothe them, cradling and hugging one's own body or rubbing the shoulders as though to ward off a chill all suggest a person who feels under threat, worried, or overwhelmed. These gestures are an unconscious way to protect the body. This is an important underlying principle across all of body language theory that limbs and gestures may signal unconscious attempts to protect and defend the body. When you consider that the torso contains all of the body's vital organs, you can understand why the limbic brain has reflex responses to shield this area when threats are perceived, even emotional threats. Someone who is highly unresponsive to a request or feels attacked or criticized may cross their arms as if to say, back off. Raising the arms to the chest during an argument is a classic blocking gesture, almost as if the words being exchanged were literally thrown, causing an unconscious reflex to fend them off. On a similar note, slumping loose arms can indicate defeat, disappointment, or despair. It's as though the body is physically broadcasting the non-physical sentiment of, I can't do this. I don't know what to do. I give up. Let's take it further. Imagine someone standing over a desk, arms spread wide. 
Aren't you immediately reminded of an animal claiming territory? Wide, expansive gestures signal confidence, assertiveness, and even dominance. If a person is standing with arms akimbo, they leave their torso exposed. This is a powerful way to communicate that they are confident in taking up room and don't feel threatened or unsure in the least. This episode of Social Skills Coaching was brought to you by Newton Media Group. Thanks for tuning in. If you enjoyed today's episode, head over to bit.ly slash pkconsulting and gain access to more free resources from author Patrick King.